Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. If you want to take your Bibles, please, and turn to Luke chapter 14, verse 28. Luke chapter 14, verse 28. And let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for the opportunity today to come before these dear people who you know each where they are in their relationship with you. Lord, you're always working, you're always reaching, you're always loving, you're always trying to get our attention. And I just pray, Lord, today that you would just pour out your Holy Spirit on this place to do just that. That you would be magnified, glorified, that each one of us would leave here deeper in love with you, and a desire to follow you even more. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last night when you decided to go to bed, you were counting the cost. You were counting the cost. You stayed up late to watch a show or talk. You knew that at a certain time this morning that you were going to get up. And you knew that you might have to wake up earlier. But you were counting the cost. Maybe last night or maybe even this morning you had that extra pancake or extra piece of cheesecake last night or some ice cream and some of you didn't even think about the cost. Some of you were maybe counting the cost that maybe today you'll go out for a half hour stroll or something. We always count the cost. Some of us will go out to eat today and you're going to make sure that you have enough money in your pocket or enough to cover the credit card. We always count the cost in most things that we do. When we get in the car and drive it, we're counting the cost subconsciously by just trying to follow the speed limits and stay within the boundary lines. How much do we count the cost in our walk with Christ? I know today there are veteran Christians here. There are probably new Christians. There's probably some people not even sure what you believe. There might be some atheists here today. Who knows who God draws in by His Holy Spirit? But what is so awesome about our God, He counted the cost a long, long time ago before He even created this place. He loved us so much that before the foundations of the world, He knew the cost that it was going to take to redeem you and me one day. In this particular slide up there, I couldn't blow it up anymore, but more for my note than for you. It says there's 19 births. The birth rate is there's 19 births, 131.4 million births a year, 360,000 births per day, 15,000 births each hour, 250 births each minute, four births each second of every day. That's insane. Going to the other end, the death part. There's eight deaths 
per 1,000 population. 55.3 million people die each year. 151,000 people die each day. 6,000 people die each hour. 105 people die each minute. And nearly two people die each second. How's everybody doing, right? <laughs> These are just facts based on life. Just facts based on life. Can't fight them. They're there. With the facts of life and death and just the, do we count the cost? Do we count the cost? Why are we here today? Like, why did you come to church today? What is the purpose that you're here? I know for me, it's to get to know God better and to make him known. That's it. Pretty simple. To know God better and to make him known to others. In our scripture today, Luke 14, 28, it says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. Interesting about counting the cost. Every day, you and I set out to do something, don't we? There's something that we're doing. There's some place we're going, some interaction that we're having. Unless we get one of those lucky days where we can just veg out. There's, there's nothing that we have to do. Notice in Luke 14, it says that the person, don't they just sit down and first count the cost? Well, today we're sitting and I believe that the Lord is trying to always get our attention, regardless of where we are in our spiritual walk with Him, regardless of where we are on the age scale with Him. And He's trying to say something to each one of us. And as the Scripture says, our prayer is that you have ears to hear, that you have spiritual eyes to see, that you have a soft heart to receive, and that God's Holy Spirit drives a point home that you can use in your individual walk with Him today. When you go to do anything, there are certain things that are imperative. When you t set out to do something that you're used to doing, there's things that you have to cover. How much more important things that you're not sure of that you have points to ponder, points to cover, and making sure you're covering the bases. Let's say you're going to set out to do a task. One of the things that you have to consider, do you have the knowledge to do it yourself? Second, do you have the resources to carry it out? Do you trust the people involved in the outcome of the project if there are people involved in helping you? Can you trust the people that you're dealing with? What will it cost you in time, in energy, in finances? Will what you're doing pass the test of time? Have you done it before? Has anyone else ever done it before? Are you at risk or are you sure enough to bet your life on what you're doing? 
Pastor Joe has been speaking on the parables. Object lessons that Jesus did to teach spiritual lessons. Well, I thought we'd do some of those today, both verbal and visual object lessons to help drive home some spiritual points. Has anybody in here ever parachuted or like at all? Don't everybody raise their hand. I see one or two hands. Okay. And you went, obviously you were successful. (laughs) That must have been one heck of a thing. We're going to show a clip, but I can't even imagine what that must have, the rush you must have felt in going up in the plane, um, jumping out of the plane, uh, opening your eyes to see where the ground was and all those things. Now, the question I have before I show this clip is, if you, if you, okay, this is for everybody else who didn't raise their hand, which is 99.9% of you. If you jumped out of a plane, would you use a parachute? Why? Why would you use a parachute? Would you pack the chute yourself, or would you let someone else pack it for you? How much knowledge do you need if you pack it yourself? And how much trust do you need if you're allowing someone else to pack it? If you didn't use a parachute, would you still jump? How about if you didn't use a parachute and you had a net down below that had a bullseye that you could target as you're falling free falling now let's say you chose that option not having a parachute would you rig the net and figure out the speed and the impact and calculate the give in the net when it caught you without catapulting you back into outer space or without you smashing into the ground How well do you know all the people involved in determining the altitude, the wind speed, the pressure readings, the drop zone, the upwind or downwind, the landing area? A lot of of things involved. I want to show this clip, a true clip that you're going to see right now, of a person free-falling without a parachute. And one of the things that comes with parachuting, but I think it also involves things in life, is a thing called gear fear. Gear fear. Now, gear fear affects your judgment. It affects your confidence. So I want you to pretend for a couple minutes that this is you. So if we could run that clip. Now, if that was you, or me, <clears throat> how much would we put in to counting the cost? I think a lot. Some of us are very frugal and we try to make the best deals or you know, purchase the inexpes- inexpensive items. Would this be something that you would be interested in if you knew...
in Hosea 4.6, it says, My people perish from lack of knowledge. As you see this little cartoon, it says, the angel is saying, no, see, this is your ripcord. That was just a loose thread. <laughs> now, in the clip that you just saw, think about some of the spiritual object lessons from that. Maybe you were thinking that as you saw that two, three-minute clip. Some of the things the Lord put on my heart was this, about the situation and people in our lives that interact with us throughout the course of our lifetime. The spotters that Luke had with him. You and I have spotters that are put in our path temporarily throughout our journey of life. For some of us, we call them accountability partners. I was also thought of the brevity of life when he was jumping. How life is just a vapor. As James 4.14 says, it says, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. I was thinking of Luke when he took off his oxygen mask and how Jesus is our breath of life. He is the air that we breathe. He gives us that breath of life today. He woke us up again today for this journey that we're taking. In the clip they made a statement that Luke was halfway home. But you and I don't have any guarantee of days. Hebrews 9.27 says, And it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. And the judgment comes down to a very simple thing, whether you have Jesus Christ in your life, in your heart, or you don't. That's our judgment. That's it. Um, Proverbs 6.18.24 says, But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I was thinking when the spotters left Luke and he was all by himself, just free-falling. Sometimes you and I feel like we're all alone, but we need to understand as a believer in Jesus, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother or a spotter or even a shadow itself. He's right there with us. And sometimes... In our lives, he'll be the only one there, won't he? He'll be the only one there. Jesus is our safety net. He's always there to catch us. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I was thinking of all the people cheering. I'm thinking of the people that cheer just in this congregation when something happens. We were cheering for Andrew when we brought him up here this morning. That was encouragement and support. And how much encouragement you have given each other or to the pastors or elders or to their wives. And we've done that with one another. Part of that relationship. Part of that journey of life. That God has put people like you in our lives. I was also thinking of what a great reunion there's going to be one day with our loved ones that have gone ahead of us into the kingdom of God. What a reunion it's going to be to see Jesus face to face one day. And we're all a day closer than we were yesterday. We're one day closer to seeing the beautiful face of Jesus Christ than we were yesterday. Some of you who are new at the church, another object lesson is this Evangel cube. Maybe I'll stand up here a little. 
And this Avenger cube is something that is used to just demonstrate where you and I were or are. This is the human race on this side. This is Jesus, the light of the world on the other side. There's a separation. The humans cannot get over here by themselves. But God loved the world so much that He gave His only Son. That whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Now Jesus died on that cross, put there by men, Roman soldiers and the Jewish priests and their soldiers, and they buried Jesus, and a week ago we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's alive. He's not dead. He's not in a tomb. The tomb is empty. Man put a stone there to try to keep Jesus in. But Jesus rolled away the stone, and he's alive. And he loves every person he's ever created. That's you, that's me, that's everybody that's gone ahead of us and everybody that has gone behind us. He loves everybody. But He is a God that does not force Himself on anybody. But He will try throughout a lifetime to get your attention in all different ways because He loves you. There's only one way the human race can go from that one side of light or one side of darkness into light, and that's through the cross. Jesus paid the price for your sin and my sin. We've all sinned and fallen short. We know this, but we never need to forget it. We have to always remember that the only way, the bridge to eternal life, the bridge to meet Jesus face to face is through His cross. And as a result of that, you and I who were once separated from the Creator, your Creator, my Creator, the only way that we can have a relationship and friendship is by receiving Him as our Lord and Savior. He'll always love you. The people that are in hell because they chose to go there, He loves every single one of them. He didn't want any of them to perish, but they chose the road. Did they count the cost? Probably not. They didn't take that seat and think about it and contemplate it and say, what do I believe? What is the path of life that I'm on? Am I counting the cost? Am I willing to bet my life on it? Am I just doing a free fall? Or have I put my trust in the one who said he was God himself coming to earth that died for me and rose from the dead? And as a result of that, that relationship with Christ, we can talk to him one-on-one, -on -one, anytime, 365, 24-7. We can open up His Word and it makes sense to us. We can find out things that we never knew before in His love letters to us. We can have relationship with other believers and we have the awesome privilege to touch other lives with the Gospel of Jesus Christ. That's something we all can do, but do we count that cost? 
like to show you a second clip, but before we do that, just think about this. Jesus promises that where two or more are gathered in his name, he's right there in the midst. Jesus Christ is right here today. He's right here. He knows you intimately and personally, but the question is, do you know him intimately and personally? He's trying to get your attention today. He is. And even if you're a veteran Christian, he's not done with you yet. Are you ready to go deeper with Christ? Because the depths never end. He's never done with us. So if we can show that next clip, please. In Matthew 24, 42... It says, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. You and I don't know when the Lord's going to show up for us. Could be another 20 years. Could be today. We don't know. There's no time that we can say to you, hey, you need to be ready tomorrow. We can say this, you need to be ready right now. You need to be ready right now. A relative of mine, uh, we went into eternity a week ago, 40 years old. He didn't know the day before that he was going to go into eternity, but he's not here on this earth anymore. We can't go visit him anymore. We can't talk to him on the phone anymore. We didn't know that day was going to come. You and I do not know. What will today cost you and me? What will today cost you and me in our thinking, in our talking, in our actions, in our time with one another, in our time with our Lord? What's it going to cost us? Matthew 24, 27 says, For as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Is Jesus Christ coming for me today, for you today? I don't know. But it's important that we're ready. We're ready for these kind of things. It's not something we should fear because he's our dad. He's our Abba Father. He's a loving Father. But are we living our life in such a way that we're not counting the cost of the brevity of life, that life really is a vapor, and that the best is yet to come? The best is in here. The best is yet to come. Have you counted the cost in following Jesus Christ? Have you counted the cost? Have you counted the cost of not following Jesus Christ? Have you done your homework? If eternity is dependent on it, then why aren't you counting the cost? Are you press? Are you just putting it off? You know, are you are dragging your feet to an issue that's imperative? If Jesus Christ is telling the truth, if Jesus Christ is who He said He was, He's the only way, the truth, and the life. Then why aren't we counting the cost in a more intense way? And if he's not telling the truth, why the heck are we here? Why are we here today? 
We're wasting our time if he didn't tell the truth. God has given us promises. You saw a clip just a second ago with the rapture of the church. One of the things that's in our Bible. A time will come when God will call us up to be in the air with him. Might be wild if that happened right now. Whew. Will we all be gone? Or would there be some left behind? Only you can answer that question. In Isaiah 17.1, it talks about a prophecy of Damascus being destroyed one day, that it will be a city in ruins. Do you understand that that prophecy is coming true right in our lifetime, that this week that could be a headline? Damascus has been destroyed. There's not any stones left in it. It's just been obliterated. Do you realize that Ezekiel 38 and 39, that no time in the history of the world have all the nations converged on the nation of Israel like they are right now, all the enemies surrounding Israel? That includes Russia, just six, seven miles from the border. The promises of God. Do we believe his promises? Do we believe his word? And prophecy, uh, Dr. Heinzen, who's a teacher down at Liberty University, says prophecy is not to scare us, but to prepare us. But do we know those things that God tells us in his love letters? Is the only time you get into his love letters on a Wednesday or on a Sunday? Or do you have that relationship with your God that he's speaking to you every day of the week through his word. Where do you stand in your belief system? Who are you trusting for facts? Who are you trusting for the facts? Who or what are you counting on? And does it meet all those criteria that we were looking at before you jump out of a plane? Do you count the cost? Do you cover all the details? Lastly, there is a war raging. And our battle is not against flesh and blood. In Ephesians 6.10 it says, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. How much does God love you and me? As a human being, we can't express it fully. There's no way you can tell how much God loves you and me. But we can look to the cross to see a God that died individually just for you, just for me. No greater act than somebody laying down their life for you. But God laid down his life for you for all eternity. 
I love this scripture in Matthew 18, 12. It says, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one, just the one that is strained? Were those 99 important to him? Absolutely. But he went after that one. Today, he's coming after one of you. Maybe one of you received him into your heart and you strayed away. You forgot about counting the cost. And he's coming after you today. Maybe you're here today and you never ever heard anything like any of the stuff that you're hearing today. Well, you're the one he's after today. Maybe you're that veteran Christian that's been walking the walk and fighting the fight. And he wants to come right after you today to continue your perseverance and your faithfulness with him along the journey of life. Because it is a journey of life. It's a journey we're passing through. The last clip that I want to show you, I want you to keep in mind that the Lord is always going after one more. At the same time as you watch this last clip, I want you to understand that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ here today, you are a warrior. You are a soldier. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. You are a warrior in God's army. Ephesians 6 talks about having on the armor of God. You don't put on armor to go swimming. You put on armor for a battle, for a fight. And we're in a fight every day of our lives. Maybe we're in a fight for something that's going on in our family or with our friends. Maybe there's an individual war that's going on in your heart over some circumstance that's going on with somebody that's near and dear to you. Remember, the Lord wants you and I also to be the person to reach out to that one more person. Could be the person next to you, behind you, in front of you. Pray for them right now. You don't know what's going on in their heart. I don't know what's going on in their heart. Today you're here and understand that God is a God who won by one. He won. W-O-N. Goes one by one. You're an individual that he knows by name. He knows you intimately. As we close this morning, there's always this issue in the human race. There's always this issue. It says sin takes you where you don't want to go. It keeps you longer than you want to stay. And it costs you more than you want to pay. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Understand that sin costs all of us. But the great news is that Jesus Christ paid the price to redeem you from the ripoff that you've experienced 
through the sin that cost you. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you. Let's turn around.